Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at pctytalks at paylocity.com. On today's episode, I've invited back our Director of Government Relations, Corinne Tyrone, to give an overview of paid sick leave. Corinne, thanks again for joining me today. We're going to be discussing paid leave. Oh, everyone's favorite topic. (laughs) You know, in the past, providing paid sick leave was an employer's discretion in the private sector. Now, a handful of states plus municipalities across the country have passed paid sick leave laws with more on the way. Maybe we could start by you sharing what falls underneath, you know, paid leave, that definition. Sure. So typically when people are talking about paid leave, what they're talking about is paid sick leave. And there are a handful of states and um, several municipalities, I think up to 34 actually at the state and local level, that have some sort of ordinance or law that requires employers to provide paid time off for illness. So um, usually what this looks like is that there is an accrual. So if you work 40 hours a week, you get one hour of paid sick leave. um, And that leave can be taken for statutorily defined reasons. So you're sick or you're taking care of an immediate family member who is sick. Um, There is a lot of variability across jurisdictions as to exactly what it means, but that's kind of the broad concept. Have you seen a lot of changes in leave laws? Yeah, there's um, been a lot of change in this space over the last few years. So as I mentioned, there are now 34 paid sick leaves at the state and local level, which is such an explosion. I believe um, two years ago, I talked about this in my client conference um, Elevate session, and it was, I think, 17 at the time. So I I could be misquoting that, but it's it's more or less almost doubled in the last couple of years, which is pretty amazing. Um, Now, granted, there are a couple of states like California that account for a really big proportion of these because they have paid sick leave at the state and local level, and there are multiple localities there that have it. Um, But there are also municipal leave laws scattered all across the country, and some of them even in kind of unexpected places, like Texas has a handful now. Um, so not only are we seeing an increase in the number of these laws, but we're also seeing thing, seeing changes to things like the size of the workforce that they apply to or even the reasons that an employee might take that leave. Um, interestingly, Maine just passed a paid leave law that is the first of its kind, and it will allow an employee to take up to 40 hours of paid leave per year for any reason. So it's basically a paid vacation or paid, you know, whatever, paid whatever kind of leave policy, which is, um, it's really, it's really interesting. And I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be the new trend in paid leave is that you don't have to tell me why you're taking it. You just get to take it. Um, So as I said, this is kind of the first of its kind, but it really speaks to the broader issue that there's a lot of variability across jurisdictions. So Maine is its own unique unicorn now, but all of the state's all the states and locals that have them are a little bit different from one another. Yeah, it means that employers really need to to make sure that they're taking every necessary step to make sure they're compliant. Um, the job becomes compounded if the employer is looking at leave laws in you know multiple cities, mm-hmm. states, different municipalities. 
And it really leaves HR and business professionals having to understand the nuances of each of those applicable laws and how those laws work together or don't work together effectively so that they can write policies, establish procedures, um, guide management. What effect has this, all these changes and in, in different variances had on employers overall? So I think that it's kind of just created a situation where employers have to be really careful and really thoughtful about their leave policy so that they can ensure compliance. And I think you hit the nail on the head that it can be incredibly challenging, particularly um, across if you have an organization that has employees all across the country. So I think what it has really changed for employers is that they're now having to look at their leave policies really a lot more holistically and do an analysis based on the requirements of each of those locations that might apply to them, where in the past, as you said, it's kind of it was kind of something that was more discretionary. How are companies staying compliant with all these changes? Um, well, I think you know I think it's a challenge, but high level, one of the one of the biggest challenges that employers are facing is simply being aware of all of the changes that might apply to their organization. So, uh, for example, just recently there was a a new ordinance passed in um, Bernalillo County, New Mexico. (laughs) So that's effective in July of next year. And maybe you're an employer that your corporate office sits in New Hampshire and you have people in New Mexico, but you aren't attending local SHRM meetings in New Mexico. So you might not even be aware of this. Um, There, I think that probably happens pretty often that um, employers don't find out about changes that might impact their workforce until it's, you know, it's kind of late in the game. So one of the biggest challenges that I see is actually just being aware of it in the first place. So assuming that they do know about the change and that they know that that requirement is going to impact their workforce, there are a few ways that an employer might go about staying compliant, and it really depends on what ultimately best suits your organization. The first thing that you might want to do is review each of your employees based on their location and then apply the minimum leave requirement based on that. So, you know, Sally in California has a different leave than Eric in Kentucky, for example. So um, that's one option. This is going to require multiple accruals, multiple policies, and so on. So that can be kind of administratively burdensome, but it does um, have the pro, I guess, of keeping it so that you're not giving, you know, more leave than you need to if that's something that you're concerned about as an organization. Um, The other way that you might go about it is reviewing the requirements of each of the jurisdictions that apply to someone in your workforce and then broadly applying whatever is the most generous policy. So all of these municipal ordinances allow you to be more generous if you're inclined to be. So you don't have to only give them 30 hours per year just because that's your um, that's the ordinance where they sit. You could give them 40. So that's a little bit easier, but it does require more work up front in terms of per, um, actually going through that meta-analysis and creating that initial investment of actually figuring out what is the most generous of the policies I need to provide and then kind of applying that as a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, Paylossi went through this, I want to say about two years ago, where we, we actually did that exercise. And it was pretty taxing to look at where all our employees were located with, you know, about 44% of our employees being remote. We wanted to make sure that we were covering the broad swath of states. Um, what are other best practices that employers could use to really understand this landscape and make sure that they're either offering the minimum or the most generous or making sure at least they're staying compliant? 
Yeah, I think um, I, I think it is always going to be a little bit of an investment up front. So the first step, in my opinion, is just to assess your workforce. And you have to do that through the lens of each leave law that applies. Then you would need to review the eligibility requirements, the accrual minimums, the caps, the carryovers, um, understand what it can actually be used for, and then design a clear policy that addresses those requirements. From there, the best practices would be, you know, communicate that policy to your workforce, document it, train your managers, and ensure that it's being enforced consistently across your organization. Um, there are also going to be things like notification requirements and documentation requirements. So it really requires just taking a step back and looking at the picture holistically and then moving through it thoughtfully. Do you have any additional resources that employers could go to as kind of like a quick hit on how to start this process or or look at their current process for paid sick leave? Yeah, um, we actually have a lot of really helpful resources at Paylocity. So you could always look at peak articles, um, those compliance alerts that we produce, those always tell you, you know, high level at least what you need to know. Peak articles go into a little bit more depth. Um, anyone that you are actually working with here, like an account manager would have a lot of information on any of those things. Um, there's also a lot of helpful resources typically on the agency website. So when a city creates a new ordinance and then has to create all of the regulations that surround that, they'll usually have um, links to the regulation. The regulation on the website. They'll usually have FAQs that kind of help guide you through um, what are some of the common points of confusion. Um, Those can be really helpful, and I think that's where I would start. Awesome. Well, Corinne, thank you for your time again today. Oh, thank you so much. Happy to be here.